Okay, another day, another FPL pod. Jack, how are you doing? Josh, I'm very well, thank you. Very well. A good start to the week. I'm in my kitchen. I've got my new mic. So let me know how it sounds, viewers. Sounding great. Yeah, excited for another another pod. How are you doing? Yeah, great. I'm on a new desk. Don't have a new mic, but on a new desk. New no one can see it. Almost pointless. So cheers. I'm great. happy for you. I'm happy for you. <laughs> Built it yourself as well. Exactly. Thanks, Ikea. Cheers. Cheers Very good. Very good. Well, just like building new desks, we're going to talk about building new teams, potentially. Building up from the foundation of our old teams and keep moving forward. Let's make it. It's a day. We've got a day, Josh, until the midweek fixtures. I think we keep this snappy. Keep it going. How did you do? Well, uh, thanks, Jack. Uh, good segue, by the way. Love that. Um, I thought it was poor, actually. I didn't know. From <laughs> building desks to building teams. I didn't know where I was going with that. Uh, uh, but yeah, I did well. I did. I had a good game week. Seventy-three points uh, put me in a big green arrow. So just just outside the top three hundred thousand now, three hundred and one thousand ish. Beautiful. So it was great. Just one of those game weeks where everything went right really the only thing which scuppered me a little bit if i'm allowed to complain was the lack of the city clean oh a yeah bit annoying which that really would have like propelled me to the stars but um teeth for sure not going to focus on that at all because 73 is great you know 115,000 for the game week just tick 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 really and the points were from across the board so ramsdale trent salah jota you know, all coming in with points, Tony and Vardy as well. Um, and then, you know, blanks from Gallagher, Antonio, Rafinha got the one clean sheet point, And then obviously those, those city defenders. But overall, a lot of my point scorers, apart from the Liverpool players, you know, were kind of lesser own players as well, which was a good bonus. Happy days, man. Yeah, and you rolled the transfer, didn't you, as well? So getting an amazing week, not making a transfer... Happy days. Exactly. I've got all kinds of moves planned. Proud I do you? not. I don't have all kinds of moves. <laughs> Thanks. It's good. Nice Happy to hear. Happy and proud. Thanks. Um, but what about you? How did you do? Yeah, did fine. Had a good week, really. 64 points. Not as stellar as you. Um, but yeah, pretty happy. Pretty happy, you know. I had. I went within the end. It was much talked about and debated in the last pod. But I did go with the double Watford attack. So got King in. Oh, yes. Bench Dennis. And of course, Harry Kane postponement meant the menace himself came on and menacingly got loads of points for me. Just got loads of points for me. Off the bench, really lucky. I mean, that is the best. It's the most lucky thing I've had in a field for a long time. 10 points from Dennis because Kane didn't play. And yeah, Dennis and King up top doing me proud. I mean, rarely, Josh, all our strikers, apart from your Antonio, but Tony and Vardy for you and Dennis and King for me. What did we say? Things change so fast. Strikers were looking awful a couple of weeks ago, weren't they? And now they're looking great. Um, So yeah, it seems looks so strange, just two Hornets at the top of my team, but really happy with them. and yeah, that, they, they were the highlights, really. Trent and Cody and Sanchez doing well at the back for me, getting other points, eight, nine and eight. 
Salah captaincy 12 points, you know. For him, that seems like low, but it's only because of his crazy standards. You know, it's still a return. I don't think you can ever complain if your captain gets a return. And yeah, that was it really. A bit disappointing from Gallagher and Buemo, Rafinha, the kind of mid-range midfielders, but we'll talk about them in a little bit. As you say, City getting the pointless clean sheet wipe from Manzini in the last minute. Great goal, but what was the point of that? Painful. Um, really scuffed us, yeah. So my Cancelo, bringing Cancelo in as well, which I did, um, looked like it was almost about to pay off, but but it didn't. But as I always say, Green Arrow cannot complain. So I'm just, I'm nearly breaking into the million. I think I was when City had the clean. I was finally in the top million. But now uh, when that wiped, I'm not. So I'm 1.1 mil, but still a rise of a couple of hundred thousand spots. So cannot complain. Moving in the right direction. We move. We keep we moving. Move. We move. We move. Uh, great. So, yeah, that's that's our teams and how they got on. Um, we want to move on now to XG and XA, that you know, segment which has carved its way into the pod. Start with XG, as, as we have been doing. A pillar of the pod. A pillar. Uh, yeah, let's start with the XG. So I, I just peek behind the curtain, listeners. Josh normally prepares this a bit. But I prepared it this week using Understat, which is our, our stats tool of choice. So if you want to look at these stats, go to understat.com. Great website. Uh, as you say, Josh, we'll start with the XG. So these are the top three XG, top three players for XG for the past five game weeks. So the players that look like they're going to score the most goals. At number three, Josh, we've got Diogo Jota got a brace this week what are your thoughts on him should we be really getting him in now yeah I mean he's in good form obviously he could have really bagged a couple more if we're being completely honest but from an FPL perspective we look at the the two goals that he did score and you know he has we know him as a goal scorer that's the thing and the doubts around him at the beginning of the season and throughout the season, all around his minutes. It's never about his ability to return. And when Bobby Firmino is still not, you know, on the pitch or you know, potentially battling for that starting berth, then he's almost an automatic, you've got to, got to get him. Um, for you, obviously, it's a bit different because you've got the Salamane Trent trifecta. So long-term, that trifecta is still going to be probably the most threatening, isn't it? Are, are you considering shifting? I mean, Mane is the obvious one there, isn't it? Are you considering shifting to save a bit of cash? Oh, yeah, I have considered it. It's tricky. It is annoying. It's annoying. Because <laughs> I do, I think Josh, for his price, it's incredible, isn't he? 7.6 or something now. Yeah, mad. Uh, it's, you know, Mane's a 12. So that's like another premium I could get in if I got Jota in for Mane, because I don't think there's much between them. The only good thing I like about Manny is the differential nature of him. And he's so, so lowly owned because of his price that when he does haul, uh, that's a big rank boost for me. But conversely, not having Jota, I, that really hurts me when he hauls. So I actually did consider getting Trent out for Jota and having the three big boys in the middle. But it's Trent in it. So it Trent. I, I heard a crazy rumour as well that one possibility when AFCON happens is Curtis Jones, I think, comes in 
for right back and they might play Trent in the front three. So to finally give Trent his much protracted berth as an attacking mid, which would just be insane, wouldn't it? I mean, that would become the perma-captain. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Right now, I'm I'm not going to get Jota probably, but I really wish I could. And I'd really implore everybody listening to get him in, really, if you can. So, yeah, yeah. yeah he's great. He's, he's my big fear factor player now. He's the one that when I watch the games, I'll be praying doesn't doesn't do the business, but I expect him to. Yeah, and I guess it's the it's bring him in. Would you ditch you Mane? Would you ditch Mane for him? If I wanted to spend the money elsewhere, I really don't think there's much between them. And given the golf and value price that you just said, yeah. If you're looking at bringing one of them in, it's Jota because of the price difference. Oh, yeah. If you've no already doubt. got money, that's that's the most difficult scenario. You find yourself in the most wow. difficult scenario. That's the thing, though. There isn't really much money. I don't need loads of money. There is not like another premium I'm desperate to get. You know, I've got Kane and Salah and Trent. Like there aren't really many other. If there was another premium firing, then it might be a bit harder for me, but. Yeah, I think Mane is like the next best premium to have after those. So it's tough. I don't know. For now, um, I'm, I'm all right. Perfect segue, though. Who's in number two spot, Jack? Well, yeah, this guy. He was in, he's so number two in the spot, 4.33 XG. Excuse me, over the last, uh, last five game weeks, it's at Bamiang. And, well, I'll let you, what do you think? Yeah, well, he's, he's kind of been peppering these charts, hasn't he, recently. But it's that return, you know, underlying stats, great. That's a nice little tick in the box for, am I interested in him? Yes, I am. But then you look mm-hmm. across at the actual goals and actual assists that he's got in his last five. One goal, one assist. And like you said, price-wise, that's not a great return for for that for a team when he's playing in a team that are doing well at the moment and getting points. He just doesn't seem to be getting those points. So, um, you know, Martinelli getting that lovely goal in in the game against Newcastle this weekend. I'm not going to say that Martinelli is going to start above Aubameyang, but what I'm saying is, why isn't Aubameyang getting more goals? Than his, more what did goals you see this, Mister Sitter? Again. Off the post, yeah. What is he doing? I mean, that was that, only more page one looked worse than his this week. I mean, it was awful. Yeah, like we said, like the other week, he's just not the player he was quite, is he? Like he used to be a couple of seasons ago when he matched Mane and Salah's hauls at 22 goals. He was one of the best strikers. He was arguably the, well, he's the, probably the best striker in the Prem. But something's, something's just dropped up with him. He's not bad, but he's not, I'm not scared of him like I was you know not at all and you know the return of Lukaku now it's well it's too early to say anything but we're watching with interested eyes to see how he does over the next few and as you said this week marked a week where other other forwards popped up with goals so we'll be interested to see if they do anything consistent with the packed game weeks coming up so yeah um, he just seems way too risky and too much of a punt for me yeah, I agree. If anything, this is one of those rare times when a player being high on these charts is a bad sign in a way for him because he's not returning despite getting the chances. So as a striker, that that's a red flag for 
okay, so it's not a supply issue. He's getting the opportunities, but he's not delivering, which is which is what he's there for. So yeah, I would I'd avoid Aubameyang for now. Um, yeah. even though he's in this top three every week for for XG. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so Josh, number one. It's I think spoiler alert. This is the first ever week where Mohamed Salah has not been in the top three for XG. And instead, we've got the Wonder Hornet, Josh King, at 4.89. Five goals during that time. So he's kind of matching his XG, which is a really good sign. No assists, so he's doing what he's paid to do and no extras. Uh, but for 5.4, is he, Mill? He's top of these charts and, and, and he's a transfer I'm glad I made. What do you think of Josh King? Yeah, amazing returns for what is a cheap striker. He's been, you know, repaying the faith that managers like yourself have, have put in him. I think, personally, I'm going to stick my neck out and say I think he's a better choice than Dennis. Mm -hmm. I know Dennis has got more points. Um, maybe you can say Dennis is the more bit of a maverick, and I'll hold my hand up and say if Dennis outscores him in the next five, I've got it completely wrong. But I just feel that King is over the course of the season is going to get more points than Dennis. Um, he obviously had the penalty with Saar not present, so that's you know a good sign for King owners as well. Mm -hmm. But he has since game week nine, I think he's played 90 minutes for all games. Dennis is up and down with the minutes, and he'll be at AFCON. So, you know, another reason that if you're looking at one of those two to edge towards King maybe mm. than Dennis so that would be my take on it the only disclaimer around that is Watford do not have a great next two fixtures Chelsea yeah. and City yeah so you know if you're desperate to switch strikers maybe just go with it because well they will be good after that possibly but if you can wait on shifting your forwards round, and a lot of people like myself are thinking move on people like Antonio who aren't performing, mm -hmm. maybe worth holding on to them for one or two before you uh, swap out for a King or a Dennis. Yeah, the, the time to move for them was probably a week or two ago for King. Yeah. Uh, and now you can afford to wait a couple and probably give Antonio another chance if you want to. But uh yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, Dennis Dennis keeps getting the big hauls. Like, I think there's the it's going around now, the meme, isn't it? Of only Salah and Dennis have got uh, over 11 attacking returns this season, uh, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, both yeah, goats. Dennis both. They're both goats in my eyes. Oh, they're both equally good. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you in that King is the one really to go for. He's the one getting these, ex, you know, the underlying stats is matching his output. And he's playing playing more time than Dennis, but as an owner of both, I'm very feel very fortunate. I'm grateful, very Good. mindful and grateful that I have a both. fair play for making the call. Fair uh, play. Well, Dennis is thanks to you, Joshua. I was lamenting you recommending me getting Dennis back like two months ago now, and he did nothing for a few weeks. But you obviously had the eye for the talent, and you uh, you saw something we didn't see. So there we are. Uh, so that's it. King, Abamyang, and Jota. Very mixed recommendations from us, though, on those three. Um, so it just goes to show this data isn't everything. Uh, but let's move on to the XA. And I think we've got a repeat, Josh. We've got a repeat, a three-peat 
as they say in basketball, when the same three are here as were here last week. So really, we should just cut in a segment from last week's pod and stick it here. That'd be most efficient. Because um, I'm not too sure much has changed. In number three, we've got Cho, the Cho-Cho train, Callum hudson Adoy. XA of 2.01. He's only got the one assist, though, in the last five. What do you think of, of Cho? Is it one goal, zero assists? Yeah, my bad. One goal, no assists, yeah. So he's not yeah. even assisted, despite I'm, being high on the assist-ometer. Yeah, I mean, to be consistent with what we said last week, I don't think anything's changed. He's Another example of the underlying stats here not really reflecting the returns i think yeah people will try and find different ways into that chelsea lineup like ways of maybe getting points from other avenues that people aren't looking at but i think it's go with the proven you know at the moment people like reese james you just if you're gonna try and bring someone in or then go for him um show is the Abamyang of the assists in this case. Yeah. Great underlying stats, not good enough returns. Yeah. And on top of that, I don't think he's nailed necessarily. True. He wouldn't surprise me to see him see him rotated. I do like him as a player, but that Chelsea team, the depth is, you know, rival City's depth, doesn't it? Especially in those sort of attacking wing positions. It's mad. Um, the players that are just different stages of the season. Now, now, like Pulisic and stuff are back and Ziyech. And mm. It's just, they've oh, no. got those, talent everywhere. Yeah, those academy graduates as well. Like, who thought Loftus-Cheek could be getting a run of the team? Yeah. Like, no one could have foreseen that. I mean, it's it's scary, the depth they've got. But, yeah, and but that isn't your friend when it comes to FPL, is it? It really Ooh, isn't. Sweet, Bob. Um, yeah, a bit frustrating. But, yeah, I'd avoid Cho, I think, is our consensus on him. And I've lost the sheet. Here it is. No, it isn't. Here it is. Second spot uh, in the assistometer. He may have dropped out of the XG charts, but he's still in the XA. Mo Salah, 2.37 expected assists. He's got four goals and four assists in a bit of a league of his own. Are we... I mean, he's as great as he's been. The... He t- dropped off a little bit over the last couple of weeks from his dizzy, admittedly unique dizzy heights. Are we still confident in captaining him and not really thinking about it? Or are you starting to have that second thoughts maybe or starting to entertain other captaincy options more than we were a couple of weeks ago? No, not at all. Okay. okay. <laughs> and uh, one. <laughs> um, not at all, because I mean... As you said, trying to look at it objectively, we're completely spoiled at the consistency of returns, whether it is assists or goals or whatever. Mm-hmm. He still is playing for the team with the highest XG. Liverpool's attacking output is insane and continues to be insane. The the, the middle, I think it's the first game and definitely this season where the midfield three is probably the first team midfield three they've actually played together. Henderson, Thiago, Fabinho and... I think what they do is give an even better platform to those Sun Reef to just really kick on. Um, mm-hmm. Got the assist, great assist from from Salah. Still had four shots. I'm just looking at his stats for that game. Still had four shots, two key passes. He's involved very much in everything they do. And even though you, I think you were unlucky to get um, just the clean 
three points from from Mane. He had that, you know, goal disallowed. Any of those front three, I think, are on fire at the moment. And I, Salah is still the best asset at the three. Yeah, with Salah, yeah, the only th- I agree with everything you said about him still being incredible. The only thing that's given me a bit of pause now with regard to the captaincy permanency is Salah has played every minute of every game so far. And with this fixture congestion, I just, I do guess that he might be rested for one or two of them, um, like he did with Mane recently. I think Klopp has said a little while ago that you just have to play Salah every game. But I do wonder if just to alleviate some potential fatigue, he might um, he might rest him. And so looking at the fixtures, it's, I think, the Spurs have Norwich on Saturday. So as a Kane owner, I'm looking at that. And I think Liverpool have got Wolves away. Spurs have got Norwich. That might be one where I think, hmm, potentially I might look to captain someone else, depending on how Kane gets on tomorrow but I don't know it's just a I probably still will go Salah but I'm less completely knee-jerk no thinking about it now um you know what I mean I do yeah I knew where you're coming from I think I still think when you remove all of those other little questions that seep in at this time of year and because other assets are performing bottom line is it doesn't really matter who they're playing, how many minutes he's played recently. If you don't know if he's going to start or not, and you often won't, I will still chuck the armband on him at the moment because he's just, there's there's no argument to the contrary, which is strong enough at the moment for me. Um, and especially as the person that you think you may be putting the armband is just nowhere near as likely to, you know, return as consistently as he has been. Um, and in previous years, not this is not this is without me looking at all the figures, but Salah does seem to be rotated less than the other two. I mean, that was that famous man. Oh, definitely, yeah. Definitely. When he got angry when he came off because he said, you know, why is Salah never rotated? Yeah. Um, I, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm just saying that he is the the bottom of the list, you know, of the ones that will be rotated because of fitness, or whatever, because he is just a machine as well. Mm. Yeah, so. he's fit as anything, isn't he? And yeah, and like you say, we just ne- even if he will be, we'll never know when that game will be. Yeah. So you can't. It's kind of pointless guessing it in a way. Um. Yeah, and just when it happens, we'll have to just maybe be a bit frustrated. Um, stick to the boring stuff. Perma captain. I know it's boring, boring, but stay boring. Yeah, <laughs> stay boring. Um. Right. Cool. So that's the XG and XA. Oh, we've got or- one more guy. One Don't want to talk about it. We're done. We're done. No, you're <laughs> right. We do. My bad. We do. Uh, it's Trent, Joshy. We've mentioned him already. I was maybe having some second thoughts, but can you convince me why we should stick with him with 2.97 XA and five assists over the last five game weeks? Pretty staggering. Can I just hold up a mirror to what you just said? That's why you should keep him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's highest in the XA chart. Five assists in the last five. I mean, what more could a man want? Or a woman, if you're a female FPL manager. But what I'm saying is just, you don't need to look elsewhere at the moment. If you've got him, keep him. If you're looking at other people to replace, I mean, Chilwell dropping out recently, 
there might be some chili owners who maybe don't have them because it's price but we said before he's one of those essential premiums he is that you know that premium defender just get him he's amazing yeah he is good isn't he he's back to his back to his best and Liverpool yeah Liverpool are keeping cleans which maybe they weren't so much uh, a couple of months ago yeah Alisson I think Alisson's brilliant Alisson's another great reason to own Trent because he's um the odd time they do let someone through, he's a master at closing one-on-ones down, I think. I mean, it's um, a massive saves. Yeah, mm, huge saves this weekend. Yeah, he's brilliant. Uh, yeah, Trent, I mean, he's like salaries in a league of his own, isn't he, with, the, uh, with his antics at the back. Um, yeah, Chilwell was looking like he would start to match him, and he's just been so unlucky with that injury. And you got James and Cancelo as well that we talked about, but... Yeah, I think Trent's even a level above those guys in terms of FPL potential. Um, yeah. So that's any, I mean, any notable absentees? Josh, we talked about Salah not being in the XXG. Uh, Is there anyone notable here? I mean, it was a repeat of last week's the XA. I just think the XG, I was just thinking of Antonio. Um and we've got the eight question segment coming up, but it really it, he has been absent from these XG stats for quite a while now. And yeah, well, let's we've got it as a question in the eight questions, so I don't know why I'm saying it now. Teaser. Let's have a break now and then we'll come to that. Mikel, we're coming for you. Perfect. Well, you know what's coming, so let's continue this the other side of the break. Do it. Lovely. Back in a sec. And we're back. So, Jack. Eight key questions next. You mm-hmm. have come up with these eight key questions and you're going to ask them to me. So I'll pass the baton to you. Thank you, Josh. Yep, the big eight, uh, probably our most popular section now, I would say. So these are eight questions contextually based in this point in time where we are about some are, some are specific and some are vague, but hopefully all will be useful to you in deciding what to do for the upcoming game week. So, number one is, and this is a bit of a selfish one because I felt good about it, but is the King Dennis double up so crazy that it just might work? Is it worth doing, Josh? I should say it has worked for a period of time, i.e. last game week. I don't feel confident it will continue to work, especially for the next two with those fixtures that they've got. Mm-hmm. So someone in my situ- situation where I've got neither of these guys, yes, I want one of them. And the answer to which one I want is King because of what we covered during the XG discussions. He's got the highest XG. Well, stars out, you know, he's on pens. He's had consistently 90 minutes for every game since game week nine. I have most confidence in him that he, out of the two of them, that he will return the most points for the rest of the season. That said, Dennis does have the most points out of them for the season so far, but I still think that that's part of that like maverick overperformance a little Mm -hmm. bit. Um, So yeah, I'd only take one of them and I'd take King. Yeah. Do you disagree as a double owner? Uh, No, I do agree. I think it's been great have, if you'd had them both, it's been a, been a good time. Um, you mentioned AFCON earlier. I have done a little research into the Nigerian national team. 
situation. And oh. apparently it's a bit of a toss-up between him and our old friend Igalo. Oh. As to whether, as to who's going to go. Because apparently the, the consensus is Dennis should go because he's on form, he's younger. And Igalo is pretty much past it now. But the manager really likes Igalo. So apparently it's still up in the air which whether Dennis will go with Nigeria. But it's definitely one to keep an eye on. Um, so don't let that sway you at this point. Basically. Not right now. If you're t- if yeah. that's the only reason you're not getting Dennis, I think he might be worth it. But yeah, it's it's tricky, and there, there just aren't that many, as we said, cheap strikers that are are any good, really. Um, but yeah, if you, I think hold for now. If you've got them both, hold for now. And he's great on the bench, Dennis. He's a great. He's cheap enough to warrant going on the bench for the harder fixtures. And when he comes on, he often comes on with a with a gift for you, if he does come on. Yeah. Uh, and he's more likely to come on over these Christmas fixtures as we get some some more unexpected rotation, I think. For sure. Uh, good. That was number one. Number two, Josh, is Sancho worthy of our attention now? A couple of goals for United. No. Oh, yeah, come. <laughs> right. um, I'm, going, well, like, I'm going with quick answers this time. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Uh, Got places to be. Bottom line is, I think, a defensive error for him to get his goal for for United. Yeah. Um, United had very, I think they were quite lucky to, you know, get away with a draw against Chelsea. Um, the other thing is, Ranić, you know, is coming in and we don't really know what the preferred you know, formation, player, personnel, all that kind of stuff. So all that screams to me is uncertainty, uncertainty, uncertainty. And not enough form, like positive form from Sancho to, to mean that he's nailed on through any new manager coming in. So just a wait and see. A boring wait and see for me. Are you interested in them though, Jaden? Uh no, no, I'm with you on that. I think United fans are gonna be jumping on him. Mm. Um just for the ownership. The United hype. Yeah, the ownership or rockets. You've always got to keep like an extra eye on United assets because they do start doing well and you don't have them, they can you can fall down the ranks quicker than another type of player just because of the, the fan base behind them. Uh, he's potentially good, I think. Yeah. 9.5, is he? Maybe a bit cheaper now. But if he keeps getting starts and if United... It's a bit harsh to judge United against Chelsea, I think. Um, this week will be a lot more interesting. Who do they have again? It's um, someone not that... Who they got this week? Arsenal. Oh, they got Arsenal. Yeah, so that'll be. A, I think they'll. That's more of a fairer test for them. Um, it'll be a challenge, but it'll be one they're expected to to win. Whereas everyone thought Chelsea were going to whip them, didn't they? Yeah. So there's more pressure on them this game, and yeah, it'd be interesting if he keeps starting and keeps um, keeps delivering because he has. It was a bit fortunate, but I thought he took his goal pretty well considering Rashford sort of screwed him over by just staying upside the whole time. Um and he Cheers, yeah, took his goal really well. Uh yeah, keep keep an eye on, keep an eye on, I would say. Uh cool. Number three, Josh Norwich could end the month with the most points gained of any team this month, which is crazy under my boy Dean. Uh if they get a result against Newcastle. So last week we asked, are they no longer the whipping boys? And we thought they probably still are. But now I'm asking, should we consider any of their assets? I mean, 
I want to be able to say something with confidence here, but I really can. Fake and it. I did take a little look at you know the performance, the players that might be interested when I saw you were going to ask this question. And the only two that popped up for me are Aaron's, as you know, as a kind of attacking defender, if you mm -hmm. think that they're going to get some cleans. Yeah. And of course, Pookie at the top, because he is the main man going forward. He's had bag two in, you know, the last, was it four, something like that, four games, that is. So, but I'm not overwhelmed with confidence in either of them to continue their performances. So uh, I really think it's the case of, yeah, you've picked Norwich out because they've been interesting in the last few game weeks. But there's no particular asset that I'm like, this This guy's been killing it. Like, Pookie has, you know, has done well, but he's not exactly like blowing everyone's socks off. So I feel, it does feel like we're chasing chasing a, a, an asset from Norwich because of their good performance. But it seems like it's just been spread across the, the players, really. And Pookie, you know, he's still only got like, was it 47 points or something, which is... Yeah, he's being outperformed by those premium defenders quite considerably. Like, do you do you want to waste your money on him, really? Yeah, and their fixtures aren't the best, really. But after um, they've obviously got the big game against Newcastle, that I think they probably will win that. Um, but then it's Spurs, United, Villa, West Ham, so not the easiest. And yeah, I. Pookie, Pookie is all right, I think. I think if you are looking for a cheap striker, it's slim pickings anyway, and you can do worse than him. Yeah. Um, and Aaron should have scored at the weekend. But, yeah, they... It's, I mean, it's a big compliment to them to say that they were even asking this question. It shows how much they've improved in, in a pretty short space of time. But, yeah, for now, hold off. Similar to Sancho, hold off still. And... Um, I need to come up with better questions for this because we're just saying hold off on, on all of them. Uh, number four, did the Spurs-Burnley cancellation show that we need strong benches over this period? I'd say that we will need strong benches over this period, not because of the weather, just because it's, you know, the Christmas season with the, like, jam-packed fixture list, basically. I think... We said before, we, we think that players, even to Salah's level, who should be nailed most games, may be rotated. So that applies to any asset, almost anywhere, What basically what we're saying. so, And you can't predict it. So I think it's a case of definitely have playing bench players. You don't need to spread your value into your bench, but definitely have playing defenders, or sorry, playing assets. And the reason I said defenders is like people like Liberamento, there are cheap assets out there that can, you know, bring decent returns. So um, if you're not putting up fires in your starting lineup, then that's something to look at. But it's going to be games thick and fast now. Yeah, there are, yeah. I mean, that the Spurs thing was the last game cancelled for snow was in 2010. So it's, it is literally a once in a decade occurrence that a game's cancelled for snow. Um, Wait, let me pencil that in. So that's going to be... Yeah, uh, 2020, 2031. <laughs> Get a good bench. Good. Uh, good. Yeah, so I don't think it's uh, it's very unlikely that, that that'll happen again. But you're right. Generally, have a good bench because of because of Christmas fixtures. I would say don't a good bench doesn't mean you've got players worth seven or eight million on your bench. Though a good bench to me means you've got good four point fives and five point fives that you've got the best versions of them because you don't want to be 
crazy rotating 14 good players instead of having 11 great players and three decent backups that will do you a favor when you come on. Um, so yeah, it doesn't mean load your bench up with money, having a good bench. It means get 90 minutes on your bench, really, doesn't yeah. it? Um, so yeah, that's what I'd still still aim for, which is the same at any point of the season, really. You, you never want non-playing players on your bench. Um, yeah. But we're all guilty sometimes of holding on to that third bench spot who's been injured for how oh, long. Yeah. It's the most depressing transfer to make, isn't it? Yeah, and what we're father. saying now is that that person's priority of shifting them out is gone up your list a little bit, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's that's the thing. If you've got a 3.9er who's never playing, probably worth spending a transfer, getting a fourer in that is playing, that you will never play again. You know, get Johnson in from West Ham or whoever, just because what the day you'll need him, you'll uh, you'll regret it. A guy in our mini league that we're in, eight of his players didn't play this week, and he and he didn't even have a Burnley player. <laughs> like he's just you know Havertz, Son, Kane, Foster, a random YouTube injury for him. You know, it was really unlucky, but but it just goes to show. It happens. It does. Uh, number five. Villa, my beloved Villa, two good wins for Gerrard's, Stephen Gerrard's Aston Villa against Palace and Brighton. Once again, Josh, I'm asking you, should we consider Villa assets? And if so, who? When I saw the Villa result, I was waiting for the Villa question this week. <laughs> Finally, I could put a Villa question. I knew there would be. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's still very early doors, but what we're seeing from Villa for sure is an upping of the intensity from what I've seen. And a, you'll have to correct me here, Jack, because you yeah, watch, yeah. you know, more minutes of Villa. Up of the intensity, um, that midfield especially sticking close to each other, winning first and second balls. You know, if they don't win the first, there's, there's a, another midfielder within, you know, 10 yards of them to sweep up. So they're making it really hard to play in the middle of the park. But they're also you know, getting numbers forward from what I could see. The McGinn goal, you know, that was quite late in the game. They had about five or six players up, like on the edge of their box. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, that's late in the game. I know you're 1-0 up. So they're not like shying away from the results. So I guess what that says is you've got confidence that they're going to go for goals and play with bravery throughout 90 minutes. So people like Ollie Watkins, he looks like he's maybe not given a free roll, but he's popping up all over the pitch, coming deep, making runs across the park. To me, it looks like Stevie G has given him a, a bit of a, not a complete free roll, but he's given him basic, shouldered him with a lot of responsibility going forward. Maybe that'll change when Ings comes back, but um, Watkins looked good for me and I'll be keeping my eye on him. Yeah. Yeah, Watkins, yeah, I don't know why, but Watkins has never really appealed to me FPL wise like I love him as a Villa fan but he just has a bit of that you know when some players just don't I get it with Callum Wilson as well and Jamie Vardy sometimes I just I don't know what it is but that's a that's a kind of that's a bias of mine rather than anything based on any facts because those three players have all shown they can do it FPL wise um yeah we're playing now in the in a in a way that you want a fit Danny Ings as an FPL manager, you want a fit Danny Ings as the arrow point to it all. Um, and he was benched, interestingly, against Palace. So it remains to be seen 
what Gerard thinks of him, whether Gerard views him as a uh, a mainstay fixture in the team or not, really. Because um, a lot of Villa fans don't think we really needed Ings. It was kind of the, it's like the Villa's Ronaldo signing. You know, it's an opportunity. He's a great player. We may as well buy him type thing. Does he really fit in the team? Oh, don't worry about that. It's Danny Ings. Um, and yeah, I still think it's too early again to have the same answer to know whether Buendia or Bailey or McGinn is going to be a good FPL asset. Cause they're not cheap, cheap. They're not, um, you know, Watford prices. They're, they're a little bit more. So that can be, you need, you need more reason um, behind, you need more evidence before you make a move for one of them. And that goes for Watkins as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, if it's, I'm visualizing like a horse race, where all the horses are different Villa players. And there's quite a few neck and neck at the finish line, isn't there? For mm. Which ones you pick and the ones you've listed, none of them have stuck their neck or their nose out to take to take that transfer for you to pick them. Yeah. The, all the ones you've listed, yeah, that you know they're going to win. They're pushing to win, but we don't know which one yet. We don't know which one. Good analogy, Josh. Good analogy. Maybe. Wait for the, wait for the final furlong. There we go. For, for that yeah I think yeah it's not I'm not buying any Villa players yet put it that way uh, good Villa question done six Leeds Josh look pretty awful is it game over for Rafinha as an FPL asset mm, I think it depends where you're sitting in this FPL universe <laughs> I need definitive answers. Josh. I don't want Damn this. it. Uh, is it over for Rafinha? No, it is not over for Rafinha. Okay. But we're less confident in his ability to perform consistently because the team is shocking. So therefore, he's, you know, he's not going to get as, met, uh, as much good ball. They're not going to be on the front foot as much, supposedly, and, until they turn, turn around the form that they're in. It still stands, what we were discussing earlier in the season, about talismans for weaker teams that they are still good assets people like Saar when Watford was shocking we still said you know he's he's worth looking at and at his price mm-hmm. point if you've got Rafinha in I think you've got possibly bigger problems than having to get him out and as you said yourself Jack I think you, it's something that FBL General said don't focus on the negative moves who you want to get out focus on who you want to bring in and then look who needs to be sacrificed for that move um it's a glass weird, half full. Yeah, it's a weird school of thought, that, isn't it? Because I also hear, when I hear something like that, I'm like, sage advice, beautiful. <laughs> That's how I need to play the game. But then I think I heard it was the always cheating guys say, look at the fires you need to put out in your team. Get Look at the problems in your team. Forget players that you want. Put out the fight. Solve your biggest problem each week. And I'm like, oh, great advice. Sage advice. So those two go against <laughs> each other. Maybe it's a question for another time, but like, I think you need both of those, don't you? You know, if you've got, if your defence is awful, but you really want to get that attacking player in, you're probably better off sorting out your defence than bringing in, making a sideways move, aren't you? I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. I'd, I'd say you, we like putting things into boxes, but it's a sliding scale. So if, if zero is Salah and 10 is someone who's going to burn the whole town down, not let alone your house... <laughs> Then Rafinha's at like a six or seven. I'd say. I'm not following you on that analogy. Sorry. So, so like, Salah, 
so oh, these you mean... fires, these fires in your right. tomb. If, the if fire Salah analogy, is sure. an ice cube at zero, <laughs> he's yeah, not burning. <laughs> but got ten it. is, you know, the fire who's all consuming and ruining your team week in week yeah. out. Fine. Then Rafinha in this case for me is like a six or seven. Who's really that's quite high on the on the flame scale. Mm, yeah, potentially over five. Do you think? Yeah, I'd say it's it's more like a flamethrower, not yet a fire spin. Okay, pretty scary though for the Pokemon analogy. Pretty good. Oh sure, Pokemon <laughs> moves, not actual flamethrower gun. Yeah, yeah, good. Uh, um, but yeah, I'd, so I'd say keep you'd keep a flamethrower. I'd. Oh. I'm sick of him. Actually, oh. I wrote this question because I am, um, and I watched the full. For some reason, I watched the full Brighton Leeds game, ninety minutes, and like Brighton should have battered them. Like it was. Yeah. It was the most one-sided nil-nil I've seen for a long time. Um, more pay finishing, awful. But Brighton destroyed them. And Leeds were just... They looked like relegation candidates to me. Um, and it I does make me wonder why Bielsa's not getting the scrutiny that some other managers get in that scenario. Uh, yeah. It's, Rafinha um, was just not... Rafinha wasn't even looking like that, you know, that... Louis Zaha under Roy Hodgson that he could pull something out of the hat mode. He even looked dejected. So I just think, yeah, I'm not fe- I'm not excited about Rafinha and my team now. Well, the listeners have got two opposing opinions. Mm, finally, we've just it's taken us 16 episodes to disagree on something. <laughs> um, Pod cancelled. The annoying thing about him is his price, obviously. 6.5 is a very good price for him. And yeah. so it's but that means he's not an easy move to a Foden or a Gundogan or a, even a Telemann. You know, like, he's, he's still value, isn't he? So, tricky. Um, so that's Rafinha. Make of that what you will. Uh, Leicester, Josh, looks strong against Watford. But is it a false dawn? They've been pretty poor up until that Watford game. What do you... Leicester on your radar again after that? You've got Vardy. I mean, what it does say for me is I'm a little bit happier to hold on to Vardy for a little bit longer. But Watford are leaky, you know, and I think we we would we are waiting for the, the game week or the game weeks when Leicester start playing better again because we know they've been underperforming. You know, this, they are a better team than their results show. We haven't seen anything to point towards a turnaround yet. That That's the first sign. Um, so let's see over Christmas how they do with this jam-packed fixture. Um, but as a Vardy owner, it was a little bit encouraging to see him find the net again. Um, and I'll, I'm happy to hold on to him for a little bit longer now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair. Uh, would you bring him in if you're looking... Say you've got Ronaldo or Kane. Would you... or Antonio and you've got a bit of money would you do you think Vardy's a buy or do you think he's just a key that's, that's two sideways for me um I think yeah he, he did great but you're, you're chasing a performance in one game week of the last what, five yeah, or whatever which is just too knee-jerk for for my liking um if I was in that scenario I'd either hold or look to go cheaper for your kings or people like that yeah. and even then with king with the fixtures he's got I probably would just hold on to whoever you've yeah. got in the meantime the theme is don't do anything with strikers is it just, <laughs> yeah. just what whoever you've got keep don't sit on your hands to any of the others uh 
Yeah, I guess what I would say about Leicester is they are Rogers and Vardy are, you know, it's a streaky manager and a streaky player that just had a bad streak. And if this is the turn of the good streak that they can have, then getting on early might pay dividends if you believe in that, if you believe that's the way they, they kind of are. Um, Vardy can do it, can't he? I'm what? smiling because you remind me of the guy at the casino who's looking at the roulette being like, oh, there's been four reds in a row. This is surely yeah. time for it to land. That's me back. at the casino. That's yeah. us at the casino. That is us. The day. Yeah, he's due. We do a black. He's due. We do five blacks. Um, yeah, I don't know. But I do think Vardy especially has shown that he is like that. Scores yeah. for five in a row. Everyone gets him in blanks for five in a row. So if this is the start of that five... Who knows? I mean, it's Christmas fixtures, Vardy of all people. They've got um, that quite good. Who's their striker they bought? Daka. Um, Daka, who's been banging them in in Europe. So you'd imagine he'd be knocking on the door a little bit and then Ian Acho as well to, to give Vardy, Vardy some respite. So and I the fixtures know. aren't terrible. You know, Southampton, yeah. Villa, um, Newcastle, Spurs, Everton. So... Definitely the Southampton, Newcastle, Everton look pretty tasty there. Yeah. So it's a hold for me. I'll tell you who I'm not sold on, Madison. Like, definitely. Very lucky, very, very, took it well, but very lucky opportunity for his goal. And yeah, he's just. The epitome of streaky. Epitome. 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 People say, or am I saying it? He's the epitome, right? Epitome. Is epitome another way to say it? I thought it I thought it was. Epitome. Comment, comment, and I like me. epitome. Sounds better than epitome, but I've only ever heard epitome. Well, I can possibly, I'll start saying epitome. I've possibly been using it wrong for years and years and years. I like epitome. Let's get let's stick <laughs> As with soon epitome. as this pod's done, I'm gonna look at it. On this pod, we'd say, we say epitome. <laughs> we say epitome. Thank you. Good. <laughs> From this <Epitome>. day forward. <laughs> Love it. Uh final question. Uh, and it's with a heavy heart I ask this, but it's another blank for Antonio. It's surely time to move on from him. We just said sit on your hands for strikers, but is it is this the exception? I think he's got to be pretty hype your list to get out. I think zero... What's happened to him? No idea. No idea. Um, that's part of the reason why I think he's showing you no signs to hold on to him. Like zero shots, I think, from the last game, mm. an XG of zero. What's he doing? What we were saying a couple of weeks ago to, you know, to three, four weeks ago, that at least he's in the mix. You know, at least he's having shots, at least he's getting positions, at least he's doing, involved in the build up. Mm. But he's not really showing that at the moment. And I know we said before we were expecting that through the tough fixtures, but he started to underperform before they even hit these tough fixtures. So, um, yeah, I would unfortunately say that Antonio, I would look to get rid of him. The only reason I'm not is because I think there's other players that I'd want to bring in in my team, for example, uh, more importantly than getting him out. So like, I'd want Reese James, for example, which is a higher priority than getting Antonio out for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's that striker problem. There's not really anyone you really want to get in. So yeah. who do you... Who do you get in for him? And again, he's that mid-range price where you can't get a Lukaku or Kane or Ronaldo. Um, so you're looking his price and lower, which there just aren't that many appetising options. But yeah, he's really fallen off now. 
there's no no denying it. Um, and that's coincided with West Ham as a whole having a bit of a dip. So sad times. It is sad time because he looked so good, didn't he, at the start? He really did. Uh, but there we go. That's it, Josh, for the eight questions. Well answered. Well questioned. Uh, yes. Very Key good. Key fixtures next. Good. Um, do you want to switch it and me kick them to you? Because you've been... Kick them. Let's do it. Kick so you pick three. You pick three key fixtures for this uh, game week. Yeah. And I like I like how they look. And Thanks. so let's let the listeners know what they are. So first up, the key fixtures: Watford at home to Chelsea. Yeah. Are you confident that Watford can keep scoring goals against the team that has conceded the least number of goals? Yeah. This is why I picked this one really because it's a tricky one if you've got Watford assets here particularly the, the Kings and the Dennises, about what to do with them. Uh, I think you're probably better off benching them against Chelsea. I'm, I'm playing King just because I kind of, the other options aren't so good. Um, but I think Chelsea are going to obliterate Watford here. And I thought the, I actually thought the Man U lineup, the Chelsea Man U lineup was like a, not a B team, but it wasn't their strongest team. I didn't think that you had, Lukaku, Pulisic, Havertz, and Mount on the bench, which I think you, you could argue would go into their best 11. Those certainly three out of the, those four players would. Um, Foster's out and Backman didn't look very good against, against Leicester. They just conceded four to a, an out of form Leicester. And I think it could be a demolition. That being said, they do tend to score a goal or two, don't they? Even in the defeats, they've got creativity there. I don't know if Sars back. Um, not sure. No, I'm not sure he is. But if he is, then then that'd be good for them. But yeah, not a week for your Watford boys. And yeah, and I'd get try and get if you're after a James or a, another Chelsea asset, I'd get them in if you can for this one. So you're confident in the clean then for Chelsea? Yeah, I would. If I had to guess, I'd say I'd be surprised if if Watford got a goal, if King scored or or if they squeaked one. But yeah, not a great fixture for Watford. This, as we said, and they got City afterwards. So yeah, hold off on your Watford purchases. Yeah, yeah. yeah do you do you do you concur with that? I mean, or am I uh, being too harsh on their their goal scoring ability? No, I agree completely. They have it in them to score a goal, but against the probably, arguably the best defence in the league, the only way they're going to score in my eyes is if from a Chelsea mistake, an error, like the Sancho goal. Yeah. And Chelsea don't do that every week. So will Lightning strike twice? Tune in next week. Um, but no, so I think when you bought those Watford, ass- Watford assets, you knew that there are games that aren't going to be as appetizing and that's this week. So yeah, play, play them or not, but you just got to grin and bear through these game weeks when you've got those players. Grin and bear it. Yeah. Grin and bear it. Good advice. Next second fixture Spurs. They'll get to play this week, hopefully against Brentford. Mm, yeah, I picked this one because it's very hard to call this one. Mm. Brentford looked quite good, I thought, uh, when I watched them uh, the other day. Who were they? Was it yesterday I watched them? Would have been, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, they played Everton, Everton, and they were just they were by far the better team. Everton are a disaster at the moment, but they, yeah, they look tidy. And Spurs are just who knows what's going to happen with them. You know, there's a lot of talk in the FPL community about getting Spurs assets in off the back of not a lot of evidence on the pitch, but more sort of speculation of the future gains, isn't it? It's a classic sort of value pick, um, futures prediction with Spurs. Um, and I think Brentford, I think Brentford assets could do well here. You know, I don't like, I'm hate, I hate, and Wemo is very frustrating to watch. And he's, he's similar to Spurs, why people are bringing Spurs assets in. We all brought him in because we thought the gains would come. Same with Tony, and he's luckily he's paying off now. But yeah, I think this could be could be good for both teams, players in both teams. This game. Um, what do you think? And, and I don't know what which way the results going to go. What do you think? Agree entirely. Brentford have shown vulnerability recently, and I think although they were the better team against Everton, there were parts of the game when Everton were having a good go at them, you know, and they had, they pinned them back a little bit and Everton aren't by any means a team on, team on form at the moment. So I think that does show, that does show Brentford's vulnerability. Like even uh, Tony got his goal, obviously the penalty only had one shot mm. and he was given man of the match, like more so for his running and stuff off the ball than, you know, his, his performance with the ball. So and the Spurs side of it, you're right. People's excitement from an FPL perspective is really the assumption that the more time, you know, the new manager has, the better performance you'll get out of the team. That's no guarantee. Um, and their performance in Europe the other day kind of shows that. So I think you're right. We don't really know what's going to happen at all. And therefore back both, both sides, if you've got your just play, play everyone. Um, and anything had happened, and Buemo could easily pop up with a goal because Spurs are leaky at the back, but then Kane could bag a few because Brentford have, have been vulnerable as well. So, yeah, Kane, it's going to be this is a great acid test for Kane and the people that have punted on Kane, like me, and the people thinking of getting Kane. Because if he doesn't perform again here, then it's a lot of money to have tied up in something that just isn't looking like going anywhere. Yeah. Um, he's done. He's done what he's saying. He is done in the Prem. <laughs> if he can't score now, when's he gonna? You know, he's scoring against whoever they are, a bunch of farmers in Europe, sure, but different ball game in the Prem, and he needs to be fully up for it to to do it. But yeah, harsh words, but true words. Yeah, sort um, it out, Harry. Sort out. Um, yeah, third fixture that you've chosen, and the final is United at home to Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Kind of mentioned this before but we didn't talk about it from what you think the result will be and who you think could perform in it. So hit me with your best shot. Yeah. I think Arsenal, I always predict against Man U, <laughs> but I think Arsenal, I like you said, United got pretty lucky against Chelsea. I don't know what Carrick was on about in that post-match interview, like just talking absolute nonsense, definite penalty. United got dominated. He's chatting, chatting nonsense, but and I think Arsenal are in the, it's still good vibes in the Arsenal camp. Um, they're on a good run. Saka and Smith Rowe are looking great. Abamyang, despite his, his problems, is getting the chances. And I, yeah, Maguire, Maguire is still, no, it was a second yellow, wasn't it? So he'll be back. 
that's right. But Varane's still injured. Uh, yeah, I just I think Arsenal might win this, but it is a it's one to watch because it's well Arsenal United is always great to watch, but it's like it's the Sancho's and the Ronaldo's, and it's those assets that we've got our eyes on that this is the type of game to judge them on, not the Chelsea game. Uh, and if United do get a result here, then I think that will f- there'll be a lot of radars. And even the non-Man United fans' radar is thinking, okay, are we back on? Are we back on now for United assets? Because the talent is crazy, isn't it, in that team? And if we can get a tune out of them, then you know, if we can take advantage of the new manager bounce that may well happen there, then um, then we we have to do it. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. It's going to be a good test for both teams. Uh, I think they both mm. good time for it to come well probably a good time for Arsenal for it to come United would have wanted more time but yeah and probably quite high ownership in terms of FPL assets in there as well because people still got Ronaldo and on the Arsenal side you know there's a lot of interesting there's a lot of Smith Rowe ownership isn't there you neither of us have him are you you tempted with ESR he's probably the one I'd go to if I was to get rid of Rafinha that you mentioned yeah um Probably, I, I the stats that I've seen is probably probably a week old now. But they were really came to the conclusion that Smith Rowe is overperforming on his stats, mm. and you don't like to see that. No but one likes that. No he's wearing that, that number ten shirt, so you know they obviously back him there, and I think he's going to be still key to them. I yeah, I like. It. I'll probably go with him over Saka. Yeah, oh, it's tough. That's a tough one between them two. Saka obviously got his goal, but he did go off injured actually. Saka didn't he after the goal? Oh, I, didn't I don't know what the the latest is on that, but yeah, I mean Smithrow, what I would say, six million, pretty damn good value. But yeah, I don't know. He's another one of those that I just don't like from an FPL perspective, really. And I don't know why. He's that in between, isn't he? Like. Uh... As an attacking midfielder, you really want either the really hyper-creative technical person who's on corners, free kicks, mm. getting assists like your Bruno Fernandes and bagging goals left, right and centre, or like the really high-output goal-scoring midfielders. And he hasn't proven himself to be either. He could be a mix of the both, which would be great, but we're still kind of waiting to see. He still hasn't had a lot of minutes as he in the Prem, so yeah, um, like massive, massive. So, but yeah. Yeah. Be a fascinating one, but um, yeah, I think both teams can score in this one. So definitely play your assets and and hope for the best. Hope for the best. Um, great. That's key fixtures done. Take a little break and then we'll look at transfer and captaincy for game week 14. Cool. Happy days. Lovely. See you in a sec. Back again, Jack. So as promised, game week 14 transfer and captaincies. Can I kick it to you first? What are you thinking? You're kicking it always to me first, Josh. On this part. Sorry, are like you ready? First touch. I'm ready. I am ready. Um, yeah, bit of a dilemma this week for me. As I've mentioned, I'm unhappy, Josh, with my two of my midfielders, really, Rafinha and Webo. But, oh, and I want James in at fullback, but there's no easy route for me. There's no easy way for me to do it really. So I, I, I feel like I'm forced to roll. I've kind of backed into a rolling corner. 
there's no one oh, I don't know it's tough I wanted when I my initial thought was right Rafinha watching that Leeds game I was like Rafinha's got to go and then I saw Gundogan doing well and I thought oh, I wouldn't mind a bit of that a bit of Gundog uh, but money wise I can't afford it with, that, with just one transfer and if I did make that move that's pretty much blocks me out of a James move unless I did something big like push Mane down to Jota and then and then get James in. So, and I'm not willing to do that for a hit either. So I think I'm best served by just rolling, letting getting another week's worth of data in, seeing the lay of the land ahead of the weekend after the midweek fixtures and, and going with that. So that's me presently rolling and with a Salah captaincy. Lovely. I mean, theme of the pod, sit on your hands, right? Sit on those hands, hand sitters. That's us. That is us this week. What about you, Joshua? Mm, so, yeah, a couple of things that I'm unhappy with. Duffy, 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 Duffy. Mm. Not happy with him for the obvious reasons. Is he's not even playing. No, so... Unexpected, unexpected. And the other one you've already mentioned, Antonio. Those are probably the only two that I'm looking at. But I do have two mm. transfers. So my Funny initial... enough, they're the two... Sorry, they're the two I got out last week for... The King and Cancelo. Just copy. So there, there you go. Well, I may be following you in even half of that move because a King has interested me despite those fixtures. Mm. I have coverage, so maybe don't have to start him, but he's someone that I want and I'd really be going for him for the price point. So if I downgrade Antonio to him, that gives me two mil in the bank or two mil to play with, upgrade Duffy to a James. That leaves nice. me very defensive heavy because I'll have James, Trent, Cancelo and Diaz. That's, that's very good though, isn't it? But their output recently has been great. And mm-hmm. despite the forwards not really, well, getting the points this week, no no one or two has really kind of said we, they need to be there long-term. So I would do that, that man. I would, do, I would def- if I were you, I'd def- you've got the two transfers. That seems like a no-brainer to me. And the Watford fixture for James, I think is quite... And, you know, we're chilly out at the moment and all that. I think mm. he's he's definitely going to be getting... And he played his... him on the left, didn't he? He didn't even... Um, when Alonso showed, came off. Yeah, that James could be deployed on both flanks, which is promising for owners, I think. Yeah, he. I, it seems like Tuchel has... He's the one he, he has most confidence in out of, you know, those rotating fullbacks at the moment. So it's yeah. great to see. Great to see. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah, he's brilliant, James. I love him. I think he's, he's class. So yeah, that's that's my plan. And then captaincy, Salah, I said earlier. In the pod, Sticking with Mo. Still yes. happy with Mo. Still trust him. Yeah. Trust in my life. There you go. Yeah. Trust Mo. Trust in Mo Hamid. Right. Um, those are our moves. Next bit, Josh, we're looking at the algorithms. Are we? How did they do? Algorithm is a dancer. Let's see how they did. So the algorithm teams, you've got the XG11, you've got the differential 11, running off an algorithm in terms of their transfers and their captaincies. Let's see how they got on this week. So XG11 made one move, which was to take out Tarkovsky, who's injured, and bring in Janssen of Brentford, who did well and got five points. So a good transfer. Overall, 63 points Not bad for the extra level. It's not bad at all. Not bad. Um, game week rank of 600k, which is nothing to sniff at. 
gives them a green arrow up to 2.1 mil. So they're climbing, Josh. The XG11 are climbing after a bit of a bit of a dip there. It's the the trifecta midfield of Salah, Jota, and Mane are really doing well for them week on week, as you'd probably expect. Um, Salah with 12 from the cap C, Jota with the 14, of course. And and the back three doing doing very well. So then me also didn't play, obviously, because of the uh, the postponement. So Williams, young Williams came on for Norwich and got seven points. So that's great for him and great for the XG, 11. Um, yeah, Bamiang, Antonio. Uh, we are going to have to get rid of Antonio this week, the algorithm dictates, because he's fallen so far in the XG stats. Antonio has to go from XG 11. And who comes in but the man himself, Josh King, top of the XG, wow. as we've seen. So that dictates it. So Josh is in for Antonio. We'll see how he gets on this week. Um, differential United, less of a good week for our differential boys. 43 points. I think that was below the average in the end. Um, yeah, just one point below the average. So not a total disaster, but not what the differential manager would have wanted, I don't Ouch. think, from his players. So, yeah, disappointments from Bowen, who is benched. Full Nows hasn't done anything for a while. The Mane Blank in captaincy, not very good. Small rays of hope from Henry, Somedo and Meslier in goal. Uh, and actually, the transfer that came in was Jaden Sancho, who, of course, scored. No way. So a good little transfer for the differential 11. Yeah, so low owned. Um, and I believe also the transfer has been made by the differential 11. So we'll just end on that here. I'll just bring up what the differential 11 transfer did do. Apologies for not being prepared for this. Uh, the guy to come in was young... Rehab Mares. Oh. So a good performance from Mares on Saturday has caught the eye of the differential level manager. And um and we'll see how he does this week. Lovely. Good to there see the XG doing well. Differential great needs to see to be better. Needs great to, be to see. Um so there's an update. I think now we've done now we're a third of the way through the season. I might do a separate video just on the progress of the, the algorithm teams. Uh, so to have a look out for that on YouTube if that's how you consume another FPL podcast yeah lovely and yeah on that note like and subscribe if you are watching or follow whatever platform that you are there and email us another FPL pod at gmail.com and comment you know we'll reply we love getting comments please comment discussions. yeah hit us a like smash that like button helps helps everybody <laughs> win win great and uh, that's it thanks Jack and uh, speak to you uh, next week cool have a good game week lovely take care